Alright, welcome to Dollar Otter Podcast, the very first episode where today we're going to be talking about mutual funds. So what exactly is a mutual fund? Well, what's the whole point of investing? So a mutual fund, what this does is almost like stocks. You know, you buy stock, you put it in the stock market, there's buyers and sellers, and you're basically holding on to that stock in hopes of a positive return. Now, when you invest in stocks, there are particular risks, market risk, systematic risk, inflation risk. Now with mutual funds, they are designed to help diversify some of that. And the way that they do that is by pooling in multiple stocks into one portfolio. And what this is going to do is think of a large shipping vessel. And when you look down in the fuel tanks, you can't just have one large fuel system underneath the ship. Okay, because if something was to happen, you get all those thousands and thousands of gallons of fuel sloshing around. So the way that they have these tankers, these fuel tanks in the ships, they have it in separate compartments. So if something was to happen to one tank, it's still secured, it's downsized, it's not like they diversify the risk so it doesn't slosh around as much. And it's kind of how mutual funds are. You got a lot of different stocks, a lot of different equities, investments, to help mitigate the risk in case of one stock falls. Now the thing that I like about mutual funds is that it is guaranteed markability. Guaranteed markability. Now what this basically means is, is when you sell this, these, these shares of mutual funds to the firm, they buy it back. Now how is that different from the stock market? Well the stock market is you're hoping that somebody's going to buy it back. Okay, because it's just between you and the buyers and sellers where you're when you are investing stocks in the market. With mutual funds, there's a firm that's issuing out these shares and they have to buy it back. So it's guaranteed markability. It's also called redeemable securities. Okay, they do not trade in any secondary market. The secondary market is going to be the stock market. Now, the good thing about mutual funds is that these can be bought in either full or fractional shares. So if I don't want to buy a full share, I don't have to because you're basically buying stocks based off, or excuse me, mutual funds based off the net asset value, also called the NAV. And this is going to be very different than the ticker symbol symbol that you see on the stocks. So when you're looking at the stock tickers scrolling across the screen on television or on your computer screen, you're seeing these prices fluctuate consistently throughout the day while the market is open. With mutual funds, they do not operate this way. The way that mutual funds operate are whatever the price is, when it opens up, that's what it is for the remaining of the day for that net asset value until 4 p.m. Eastern Time, typically when the New York Stock Exchange closes. All right, so once a day, this net asset value is calculated, and at 4 p.m., that's when the new price is determined. It's estimated price that you're going to pay the following day. And so the net asset value basically is going to derive of a simple math equation. It is the net assets divided by shares outstanding. The net assets of, the, of that particular fund. So what they're looking at, they're looking at total assets and they're going to subtract any debt, any liabilities. That's how you get the net assets of the fund. And then they're going to divide that number by the total shares that they are selling out to the, amongst the firm, amongst 
the investors. So if you've got $100 million in net assets and you have $5 million in debt, you're looking at about $95 million in net assets. Now, if I issue out 10 million shares, that's going to equate to $9.50 a share. And so now you might be thinking, well, that's $9.50 a share. If I buy 10 shares, that's $95. No, it does not work that way in most cases because there is something called a public offering price. And what this is, is going to be the net asset value plus any expenses, sales charges, that equals the public offering price. That's going to be the price that you pay in most cases. I say most cases because there are such thing in mutual funds called front-end load. And so most stocks, about 45% of Americans who invest in mutual funds have this, I believe. Actually, I think it's higher than that. I don't have the exact number, but uh, I can look it up and I'll put that down in the show notes. But basically, we're looking at some forward pricing. So we're looking at the net asset value plus sell charges. That's going to be the price that we pay per share if we have a front-end load. And the majority of the shares are typically this. The other type of price is going to be a no-load. This means basically that we are buying the shares at the net asset value. So which one do you think is better? Well, it kind of depends on the expense ratios because even though you're buying the back-end or no-load, and you're buying these at net asset value, you're gonna pay a charge at the end, on the tail end. And so you wanna look at the expense ratios and the fees whenever you're paying for this. And so you wanna compare those two because if I have $50,000 today and I wanna invest in mutual funds, but I'm per- I am investing those in a front end load, my fees could be $1,000. That means 50,000 is not being invested right away, $49,000 is, because I have to pay for those sales charges up front. Now, if I do the other two, the back end or the no load sales charge, I may pay those fees later, which means I'm investing $50,000 now. So you want to look at those and compare. It's not an easy, straightforward answer because we got to look at the fees, got to look at the sales charges, and compute those to see which one's going to be a better option. 12B1 fees very common now a lot of people don't they don't like investing in mutual funds because of the high fees and nine times out of ten that's the case so the good thing about mutual funds as we mentioned at the beginning of the show is yes they are very well diversified and you can invest very little i think most banks and financial institutions now allow you to invest as minimal as 25 dollars, as long as it's like on a recurring basis but you want to look at the asset-based distribution fees these are going to be the 12b1 fees that's going to be charged, okay? These are basically used to rep, to compensate the registered reps. These are the ones buying and selling. These are the one, basically, it's their commission, okay? These are, I don't want to say hidden, but these are going to be fees you really have to hunt down and kind of track because these are going to be fees that's almost 1%. Typically, the fee is 0.75% for distribution, for any type of promotion. They're going to use this, and sometimes it's on a quarterly basis. You want to look at those and see. The other thing that you want to check for when it comes to mutual funds are going to be taxes. Obviously, if your mutual fund is not an individual retirement account, like a Roth IRA or traditional IRA, or even a college savings plan, you could be charged taxes on this. And so what's going to happen if you're not, if you're, well, if you are, if you're not tracking these, you still got to pay taxes, but you're going to receive a form. The form's going to be a 1099 Bravo, excuse me, DIV for dividend at the end of the year and it's going to tell you and tell the IRS how much in taxes you owe. So throughout the whole year they are basically managing this, the firm is, and calculating everything. At the end of the year you're going to get this nice little statement, nice little form, and then you have to claim that at the end of the year. Now general rule of thumb is if these 
taxes that's owed or the dividends that were paid out or earnings paid out throughout the year is less than $10, you won't receive one of these forms, which is fine. IRS knows that. There's an exemption on there. I'll put the link down below so you can track that and follow that. But those are a couple things to note and remember because a lot of people freak out when they receive $5 in earnings and they never received a 1099 DIB. And that's typically why, because if it's less than $10, you're not going to receive one. All right, so I'm not here to harp on mutual funds that you shouldn't invest or you should invest. I just want to give you some generalities, some basic characteristics of what mutual funds are so you guys can be smarter and better equipped. All right, so I hope you guys enjoyed this first episode of Dollar Otter Podcast, and I'll see you guys on episode two. Have a wonderful and blessed day. Thank you.